Welcome to Mannerisms, the Manor Lakes Peter 12 College podcast, where we share the stories of people in our school community. Hi everyone, hope you're well. I'm Ruby Collins and my co-host is Ben Collins. How are you, Ben? I'm fantastic, Rubes. Uh, I'm excited to have our new leader on the show um, and we're recording in his office where all the big decisions are made and Ruby you being a college captain I'm sure you've got a few things you'd like to ask him too. I sure do so let's introduce our guest. Our new executive principal Scott Duller has been involved in education for nearly 40 years. Mr Duller has worked at 15 schools and he's been principal at eight of them. He's worked in three of four state education regions in Victoria including metro and country areas and all year levels from kinder to year 12. He's also worked in the corporate and business sector, and we're lucky to have him here. How are you, Mr. Della? Yeah, look, great to be here, Ruby. Great. Was that introduction correct? I'm sure we've missed out a few uh, uh, honours on the honour roll there. Uh, no, look, it's fairly accurate. Um, I've also got a lovely wife who's in education, and she's been she's principal at uh, Mount Clear College in Ballarat, so a thousand kids school. Um, yep. And I think she's only been at twelve, so I'm trying to stay ahead of her on the on the honour list. Oh, that's great. Now, uh, Scott, just some housekeeping first. Um, our school community is aware of what I'm about to say, uh, but we've got listeners from all over the place, including interstate and even overseas. So I think it's important to bring them up to speed. Um, so at the end of last year, our then executive principal, Steve Warner, came on the show for a chat. Uh, soon after, Steve took extended leave to deal with a health issue. Uh, so it's important to acknowledge and, and thank Steve Warner for his efforts in his six years here, and we wish him all the best. Um, so now, moving on, uh, since then, Scott, you've uh, you've stepped into the role and you've made a terrific start. You've made a great impression around the place. Um, so firstly, Scott, I mean, how have you enjoyed your time here so far? Yeah, look, it's uh, first to acknowledge Steve. I mean, it's great coming in after someone that's done such a good job. Um, and but it's always an amazing journey to walk into a school um, so vibrant. You know you've got the classic thing: um, great kids, hardworking staff, and just so many opportunities for kids to, you know, develop into the future. So it's great to be a part of it. And uh, I've actually worked in Werribee before at what was um, Galvin Park Secondary College. Um, that was in the '90s. So I and I lived here for quite a while as well. So right. it's great to be back in the Windermere. Okay. Happy to adopt you again. Yeah. Um. So, what issues are taking up most of your time right now? Uh, look, it's it's like anything. Uh, it's probably when you move into a new organisation, it's understanding the whole dimensions of how the school operates, um, how we we're focusing on what we can best do for for kids, and how I can support staff. So. I mean, the good thing about schools um, is that our focus is one thing, student learning, and it's how we actually put all the rest of the puzzle together to make kids really flourish in our environment. So, um, but as I said, so much great work's been done, but it's good to be here to see how we can value add um, to what's already been done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you want to achieve at your time here at Manor Lakes? Look, in essence, really, it's just to... Um, formulate a position that really um, is our brand. So we talk about our mission, how, you know, to f- formulate and really strengthen a a platform where kids can, as I mentioned before, flourish, enjoy learning, enjoy th- um, the social aspect and really take on 
an incredible amount of opportunities that can lead to um, long, long-term life-building um, accomplishments. So whether that be in sport, performing arts, academically, um, from moving into the trades, things that they do in the community. So all those aspects are really things that we're, uh, we're targeting and it's how we take each one of those forward. And obviously um, a big component of that is having our kids have a major um, sub- major decision-making body in our direction on that going forward. So student voice and agency is something that we're really targeting this year. And um, once again, uh, Ruby, you, you and um, our other school captain on school council, you know, on a major governance board, but across the board having um, some really from right through from prep right through um, to year 12, leaders that are actually um, providing mentoring and assistance for various other people and how we can, they can actually support uh, the future development of everyone concerned, inc- including me. Yeah. That's great, okay. yeah. yeah. And Scott, uh, how long do you plan to stay at Manor Lakes? Have you thought that far ahead? Uh, look, I'm, I'm actually brought in by the department, so it'll be, it's just great to be here. Normally, um, I come in for a, um, as long as needed, um, and certainly uh, in this it's usually been up to a year. Sometimes it's ended up being two years, but really that's, um, that is just reliant on um, where the school's at, whether they need my skill set and assistance going forward. Um, but once again, that's, um, that's, that's always a question that I always say, look, I'm here for as long as needed, um, and it's great being here, and hopefully I'm achieving or supporting some Amazing achievements going forward. Yep, sure. Um, now, Scott, let's get to know you on a deeper level. This has got a little bit of this is your life about it now. Uh, let's go back to where it all began. Uh, you grew up in a little country town called Rainbow in the Mallee, about 400 k's uh, northwest of Melbourne. It's small and isolated, but that didn't bother you one bit. You love the place and you still go back there. Why is Rainbow so special? Look, I think it's... Um you should never forget your roots. It's where you know I grew up. Certainly, um, it's where I defined a lot of my thinking and that who I am. And certainly, when I'm in schools and evolving um, a culture in the community in to formulate a really strong community, a lot of that comes back to what was in Rainbow, yeah. because um, you had to, it was a small community. You had to be a part of the football side or the netball side or or any sporting side. You had to support um, the local hospital. Um, you had to support you know, various initiatives that were going on in the town to make sure that they were vibrant and could actually continue and sustainable. So, yeah, And these were the days that young folks wouldn't understand now. There, there were no devices and all that sort of stuff then. Your entertainment was actually socialising and getting involved in sports and all that sort of stuff and being very community-minded, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think in some ways we often used to chat that um, we didn't have to worry too much about new trends because they bypassed Rainbow. <laughs> so so I, la- I laughed at one stage. Horsham was our nearest um, major centre, which was 110 kilometres yeah. south of Rainbow. Yeah. Uh, and I can remember the first time as a young person going and looking at, at the new skate park and I was just going... Wow, you know, I can't believe people are doing that because, you know, because it didn't exist in Rainbow. Obviously, we were um, very big wheat growing area, um, so that we had to look for other things to do. But uh, an amazing place to grow up, and got some incredible lifelong friends still there. That's right. And did you live in town or on a farm? Or we were a townie, so um, my dad owned a little um, electrical business like Harvey uh, Norman or. 
JB Hi-Fi, but on a much, much smaller basis, Ruby. So rather than having a complete wall of TVs, we might have had two. And, you know, irons and fridges and all those sort of things, but on a really small scale. Yeah. Um, so the uh, – but in my year 11 class, for instance, um, or year 10 probably, the, we talked about – I think there was about 25 of us. So the school wow. when I was in secondary at 7 to 12 – there was only about 164 students, 10 of those being the class of 2000 and, uh, goodness me, I think it was 2078. Goodness yeah. me, I'm showing my age here. Yes, yeah. So, um, but at that stage, to give you an idea, um, one of the new teachers asked how many students would have to buy their own car. And there was only six of us that put our hands up. We were the townies because all the farming kids, you know, got a ute or one of the... Yeah the farm vehicles to use when they're 18. So and, that, they, and they'd probably already been driving for 10 years anyway. Absolutely. You know, so a lot. Um, yeah. So we actually had uh, a pilot program of driver education at year 10. And the, they actually, um, we had an instructor come from Horsham. And after the first week, he said, this is a waste because everyone could drive. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. they actually, for some of the really skilled kids, bought in a, um, a truck, a B-double truck, and they were backing and all those sort of right. things in that. So because they were at another level. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you said that you have a twin brother. Um, do you have a sixth sense like many twins do? Uh, look, it's, it's amazing because on the phone people often say they can't tell us apart, even our mother and father who have <laughs> now passed away, but um, they couldn't pick us. But um, we've certainly got a lot of mannerisms that are the same. Some would say too many mannerisms are the same. Uh, He's probably one of my best friends, so we're really lucky. Um, And he's a teacher as well, Um, but he's living in Broome. So they've been in Broome for 10 or 12 years now. So that gives me a great spot to go on holidays at various times. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Are there any funny stories about how people mistook you for each other or did you try to pull the wool over people's eyes by tricking them into thinking you were one rather than the other? At one stage, I'll never forget, um, at university, we'd, we'd just started, uh, I was actually starting as a metallurgist in um, right. applied science, and Mark was in physical education, and he walked in one door, sorry, I walked in one door, and he just walked out another, and there was a complete table going, what's going on? You just walked out that door. And I've gone, ah, no, I'm not that quick. You've seen my twin brother. So there was things like yeah. that which people um, mm. found quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, now, you're a, a self-confessed uh, adrenaline junkie. Uh, you love all forms of motorsport and water sport, uh, you know, motorbikes and surfing and et cetera. Uh, where did all that come from and where did it start? Uh, look, it probably come from a really good friend of um, ours, so my twin brother Mark, and um, we had... Uh, a couple of really good mates, but one in particular whose um, nickname was Uggie Bear, and uh, he was right into motorcycles and um, that's th- that type of adventure. So when we were 18, we bought a couple of old trail bikes and uh, started the journey and haven't been able to shake it. So I still ride a, um, a motorbike in the desert because it's really big desert country up in Rainbow. So... Which is amazing. I'm talking thousands of kilometres of tracks that go right through to Mildura wow. and south through to Mildura, um, to Dimbula. So amazing country. Um, but the uh, yeah, so I've still got a, a motorbike sitting up there that I use, and my lovely wife rides as well. Um, she's got a smaller bike, and 
our 16-year-old daughter um, rides as well. So we uh, go out and have a picnic, but we're all on motorcycles heading out into the desert. Mm -hmm. And quite amazing because you'll be sometimes in the centre of 500 kangaroos and emus. So some pretty amazing um, times and moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Now... Your, your parents would often say, Scott, you need to stop. Uh, why was that? Was it because you were like the Energizer bunny? You just kept going and going and going? Look, I think it was just um, about trying to get fit as much in as possible. And certainly, um, to some degree, that still continues. Uh, and I think that's been one of my strengths, being able to um, work at a level, no matter what what confronts me, to overcome. Uh, to, to formulate a solution. So even in a huge place like this where we've got 3,200 students and um, 460 staff, you know, there's a lot to cover. So, you know, I get in excess of probably 300 emails a day. And um, so to cover that and make sure that um, you're responding to people appropriately, you're seeing the students, which are the most important thing. Um, I'm out a lot, um, but you need to be on the go. Mm. So it's... uh, that's been a real plus, but certainly uh, at times I probably tire a bit easier nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm up. Yes. Okay. Um, now, you're a man of action, but I believe you've also uh, learned to be more patient. Uh, obviously, it's not a, a, an easy thing for a go-getter like you. Explain that to us, please. Look, look I think probably that's um, that's probably been one of my hardest things to actually stop and smell the roses and sit and reflect and listen to listen what people have said and then um, to inevitably, sorry, inevitably come up with a better um, solution and understanding of where people are coming from. And certainly that's something that I believe has evolved. Uh, but, you know, I find it just so important because I, I, I'm fascinated with people's um, journeys and lives. Um, I quite, I really enjoy, and I was just on yard duty just before um, at lunchtime today, I was talking to a year 12 girl as we were walking, um, just chatting um, out in the yard, and she wants to be a nurse, and um, she was chatting about how her journey to year 12, that she's doing year 12 this year, and um, and I've, we talked about all the possibilities that exist in nursing. So yeah. I think that's my greatest draw card to education, and um, and all our staff, you know, have um, such wonderful journeys that they've been involved in on a personal level, but also on a professional level. So it's a great place to really um, enjoy a complete community of all different levels, um, moving, moving, and uh, moving, and actually developing to where they they'll end up on the, in the next mm. section of their life. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so. You're fit and healthy, but you have two weaknesses, chocolate and Coke. As you're saying that, you're drinking your Coke, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Um, yeah, look, it's it's probably something that my mother has always tried to uh, stop me. But ever since I, I can remember, I've um, enjoyed a Coca-Cola. Uh, I should have bought chairs. But, uh, and really, I enjoy chocolate. So my lovely wife often laughs. She said, whenever I'm in a bad mood... She just needs to go and buy a block of Cadbury chocolate and a can of Coke and just sit it next to me. And she said, 10 minutes later, I'm going, okay, what, what was I upset about? And a while ago. So, so it's become a bit of a catch cry. Um, 
that I think some people are throwing at me already. <laughs> yeah, well, you're easy to please then if that that's all it takes to get you out of a bad mood. Yeah, or, look, most know, of the time that's where it sits. Yeah, hmm? um, and so and you've been known to take chocolate and coke to meetings to share with other people as well. Uh, it's a it's an unexpected gesture that. Uh... Yeah, the the moment probably it's um where I make a mistake. So the um our YLC, so year level coordination group in the seven to nine work incredibly hard and I um, have taken the amount of blocks we're providing for kids. Um, I've reduced that and I probably didn't reduce it far enough. So they've been working flat out and in in hindsight, I probably should have reduced it even more for the first year. So because whenever I think uh, was that was an okay decision but it could have been better, I actually take... Um, take coke and chocolates and i know that i'm going sorry i've I've, i haven't got it quite right in this stage so even then it's become a bit of a laugh and it and it provides a bit of um bit of jovial conversation that going forward Mm -hmm. so now onto your teaching journey so firstly how did you get into teaching that's an interesting question uh ruby because in actual fact um when i was in year 12 i had to make a speech at uh rainbow high school um I wasn't a school captain or anything of that nature, but I said I'd I'd chat. Were you the ducks of the school? Or oh no, 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 no! I was I just snuck over the line, uh, Ben. So the I certainly um, wasn't a great performer, um, but I I found things enjoyable. So the so but I spoke, and one of the things I spoke about was I'd like to thank all the staff because I knew I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew the one thing. An occupation I didn't want to go into, and that was teaching in schools. So you can imagine the laugh they've had since me moving into education yeah. and now still in it. So I still occasionally see um, a teacher that I've had previously and their first conversation, what are you doing now, Scott? I'm in this school, and they just shake the head. So no, so <laughs> there was no intention to actually come into into the occupation, but I've had an amazing time and met so many wonderful people. So you were studying metallurgy? I was so actually. And, yeah, how did it tr- go from there to becoming to studying teaching? Uh, look, I and look, I enjoyed metallurgy, and I thought um, that's where I'd probably end up. But I was uh, playing football in the Ballarat area. All oh, right, which, which club? Uh, a, a number of them. So oh, the, yeah. uh, but the one that probably was um, standing at the moment, I was playing in a uh, country club called Newland. Yep. Um, which was just out of. Um, Ballarat because my one of my cousins was the assistant coach there. Okay. So and uh, through that I met some I met someone that uh, was involved in the um, at the university in the phys ed field, and he introduced me to the um, physiology and exercise physiology and how the body worked, you know, um, through weight training and that sort of thing, and I was gone. So uh, that became a real passion. So I've I actually studied a degree in exercise physiology, um, a teaching degree. And um, where it even ended up for my 40th birthday, my lovely wife bought me the textbook of work physiology. <laughs> and I used to just sit and read it on the, wow. on the, uh, on the couch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, the body I find absolutely fascinating and how it actually operates under a multitude of um, conditions. But... Uh, we're living in a pretty special thing, let me tell you. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, what's the most amazing fact, body fact, that uh, has you in awe? Oh, look at the 
I was always at one stage pretty fascinated by the kidney and what, what that actually did and the mechanisms it, it used. Um, but look, I could talk for an hour yeah, okay, yeah. because there's just so many um, fascinating bits and pieces that the body does that we take for granted, obviously, but um, certainly uh, it, uh, once you start to delve into it, I can understand why um, people often say it's 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 hard to shift into a new vocation or other other area because it's uh, it's very enticing, you know, and um, it, it's endless. So certainly, when this and um, young lady was talking to me from year twelve about nursing, straight away we talked about you know the body and exercise physiology and all those sort of things, and I've said, oh wow, you yeah. you you're going to move into an incredible field where there is so many opportunities. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so where did you teach first? Goodness me, my first school was a place called Knox Technical School. Oh, so yeah. um, that was in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Yeah. Um, uh, a big school. It was 950 students. Um, we had 37 different nationalities at that stage. And um, it was... Uh, it was they were running some incredible programs and I, I worked there with some amazing teaching staff, um, some of them who become, uh, one of them in particular become a regional director and um, probably was one of, uh, was recognised as one of the top 10 uh, minds in education in Australia, so Wayne Craig. So I still um, often chat to various people like that. So I've been really fortunate once again about who I've met and had the um, ability to learn off in education. As a teacher, how would you describe your teaching style? The Look, I think that's changed pretty substantially, Ben. Um, it's the, you know, once again, the I've, as I've worked across so many schools, um, it's always been around trying to look at what kids, how I can actually motivate and energise kids and they can enjoy their learning, you know, um, because the skills we're trying to teach them and the habits um, are just about success. And when I talk about um, to people what makes what um, makes success, I'd probably frame it in just two things, work hard, mm. be nice, and yeah. if, and the, all the bits and pieces that sit around that. But if you get those two things right, you will be a success in whatever you choose. And so was it a natural progression for you to become a principal? Once again, not at all, um, yeah. Ruby. So the I can remember, and I think I've spoken to a few staff about this, is that um, really had I, was, I really enjoyed the classroom. I was a phys ed, um, outdoor ed, math sci teacher. Um, so I've taught physics and various things like that as well, which is my gig. I really uh, enjoy the math mass component. Uh, and numbers and that type of thing. So I was, that was probably my context and I was never looking to move into leadership. But I remember one day I was in an office with, goodness me, five or six people, other people, a couple of those being, um, I was about to say old, more experienced tech teachers yes. Yes. <laughs> who were pretty, pretty straight in what, in what they thought and how they told you. And I, I said, look, I just thought that, um, the administration or the, you know, the, the, the leaders in our school were making a few mistakes. And, they've, and then a few days later, I said, oh, I just reckon that one's wrong as well. Never, never rude or anything, but I just thought things weren't. And one of them said, well, you know, if you believe there's a problem, what are you going to do about it? Because don't complain unless you're prepared to actually put your hand up 
and become part of the solution. And I sat down and I thought, you're right. Like if I think that um, things are not quite where they should be, then I probably need to do, put my hand up and do something about it. A month later, a sub-school position come, in, uh, come up in the school to look after 450 students and I put my hand up. And uh, that started the journey. Um, the, I, I can't say enough, I still um, really enjoy the classroom. It's the one place where when I occasionally take an extra and those sort of things, no one comes and bothers me. <laughs> or I've got the ability if they ring me to go, look, I can't talk, I'm actually teaching. So, and there's just something about um, the connection to kids in the classroom, talking about learning and what they're yep. doing in regard to their curriculum um, situation at that stage. So, yeah, it, it's a yep. it's a great place to be. Yeah, and you're a real people person, as we've as we've seen here. Um, we've all seen you out and about a lot. Uh, you believe in visible leadership. Uh, why is that so important to you? Well, I think to set up. You know, it's like any organisation, and um, you know the you you don't know um, what's going on on the floor unless you're out on the floor. And for us, it's um, you don't know what's going in on in the classrooms if you're not walking around talking to people in the classroom, talking to kids about how their learning's going, and what we need to do to improve things. Yeah. I think the beauty of one thing is that kids will tell you how it is straight and direct and um, that provides you with some really strong feedback around okay let's let's go and delve into this um, in a more detailed way and then look at how we actually formulate a better better platform going forward mm -hmm. so the the only way if we talk visible learning that, that can be supported is by visible leadership I mean it's a pretty direct relationship yeah sure now our school mantra is dream believe inspire um, now, you sign off your emails with a great quote from uh, the French writer. Anna, I've done a bit of research here. Anatole France, uh, the quote reads, To accomplish great things, we must not only act, but also dream. Not only plan, but also believe. I should feel like I'm thumping the table here with my fist. Um, it ties in beautifully with the school mantra. Uh, Which is actually achieve. Achieve not, actually yeah. makes it better. Dream, believe, achieve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you like about that quote? Obviously, it's grabbed hold of you. Uh, look, I think just the... I talk, first talk about dream, believe, achieve. So I think mm. that there was a... Um, they're both great. Dream, believe, aspire, inspire, which is, I think, what the school started. And that yeah. was a mantra. Um, but when I look at um, some of our P6, they'll actually have um, shirts with... Dream, believe, achieve, and some of our um, select groups, um, sporting groups, and that sort of thing, they'll have tops with the same. So, yeah. I think to actually move, move to, um, and we've just had it signed off at school council, which yes. is fantastic. Good. It's better um, to dream, believe, achieve because it's probably something that more people can relate to. Yeah. So from that, I reckon that's a great thing, and it was a um, school council was good in the first meeting. To go bang, okay, away we go. I've um, got a great group on there at the moment, Ruby being one of those. So they'll keep me, they'll hold me to account. And I think the, um, as far as this quote goes, I, I like the fact that, um, you know, you've got to be able to dream where you would like anything to end up, you know. So the, your imagination, I think, really sets up, you know, where you would want to be, you know. Utopia, some might talk about. So what's Utopia for uh, Manor Lakes? 
and it's then how do we actually formulate you know but we must act but you but you've got to have some passion in that to do that so yeah. certainly that's what drives me um you know i talk about an innate need to make a difference mm. yep. and certainly um that's that's the big thing that um i think has allowed me to um be successful yeah sure mm. So you've already made some great changes at our school, like, for example, the study hall, the common room for the year 12s. Um, you want to introduce a school formal, I believe, for years 10s, 11s and 12s um, and an off-site valedictory dinner, which is great. Um, uh, will they definitely happen? Well, I think um, we've already looking at finalising the venue for the year 12 valedictory. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're, we're talking about the... Um, the end to a rite, it's almost a rite of passage. So the valedictory dinner at year 12 um, is a culmination of 13 years of schooling. So it really is a time where families and students and the school community have the time to really celebrate. So certainly um, there's been some good things put in place previously, but um, I'm very much around taking it to the next level. So that certainly th that will happen and be put in place. Um, as far as the formals and those sort of things go, you know, I, I throw ideas up that I think are worth considering. And then once again, we'll have our students and our um, staff and various groups talk and come up with what we believe best suits Manor Lakes P12. Yeah. But certainly uh, most of the time, uh, the ideas that I, I start with um, culminate into the finalised um, situation and we'll definitely have them in some form amazing yep yep um okay and something we should touch on briefly is uh the fact that you also worked in the corporate and business world where uh, i believe you were helping to develop leadership and culture um if you had to boil it down what what types of or what are the keys to developing those two things leadership and culture um look i'd probably put i have um Five particular points I constantly um, look at in regard to leadership: um, strong work ethic, you know, ability to be a really effective team player, and sometimes that doesn't mean driving it, but being able to support the driver in that in that team, mm. you know, that innate need to make a difference, yep. and a passion for what we do, which in our case is learning and supporting kids in their journey going forward. And the last one is, um, which is which is a real key, is a, a, um, a strong developed um, EQ, so emotional intelligence, um, yeah. so that, which really is about um, having a positive and um, empathetic attitude to people. So if someone walks in and is unhappy or whatever, that you're prepared to sit down and listen and so that you can understand um, where they're coming from. You mightn't agree with it, but you can at least understand it. So if you've got those five things in place, everything else is learnable. I can teach you to yeah. be a principal. I can teach you to be a regional director. I can teach you to be a corporate leader. So those five things, because without, I'll pick the first one, a really strong work ethic, there'll be times where um, we'll require you to go, you know, to work. It's a really big week of... Um, you know, of time to make sure that you can get over the hill at that particular time and make the solution you are aiming for actually work. So you really um, have to work. You have to put those five things in place. But if someone's got those, I chase them 
every time or I employ them because they're what I call a goer and they will deliver um, and learn and become great leaders and great people going forward. Yeah, and big businesses, Ruby, pay a lot of money to hear this kind of advice. You see, he was, he was consulting to corporations and everything. We're getting it for free. And so are all our listeners out there. now. But I'm Ruby, in the most important space. So I'm in yeah. schools. So the... And look, I really enjoy my work in other in other places, but this is my passion. I mean, mm-hmm. because um, Ruby, you and all your friends and our 3,200 students, they're our future. So yeah. it's great to be a part of that and potentially making a little bit of difference going forward. Yep. Yeah, that's great. So we'll finish with a short segment called Before the Bell, which are just some short and sharp questions. So firstly, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Fighter pilot. Wow. Mm. Is that uh, due to, did you have any uncles or your dad or go, go to the war or anything like that? Uh, my, my dad was um, in the RAAF right, and was yeah. a World War II veteran. So he, um, he wasn't a pilot, but he actually worked, um, sorry, he actually spent some time in Darwin. So when I used to talk to him about, oh, what was Darwin like? He said, well, yeah. Scott, it was an okay place as long as you mo- didn't mind being bombed. Yeah. So... Uh, so certainly, um, he, he never talked about it much, but certainly it was um, a pretty horrific stage mm. at that time. So he was in two squadron. Right. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I often take my hats off to, you know, what a great life we lead um, because of what people have done in various wars for us. Yep, mm. for sure. Uh, what advice would you give to a teenage Scott Della? Teenage Scott Della, goodness me. Um I think it would be to um, probably listen to the level that I've gained the ability to now. Um, the I was I was reasonably quiet, um, and I still probably am. So when I walk in, I push the button, and you know, very sociable. When I'm home, um, you know, I'm more than happy just to sit there quietly and and not have a lot of conversation. But to also understand the importance of talking to people. So with my lovely daughter, who's at Oberon High School, another state school in Geelong, because it's the only place state schools are great schools, you know. Um, and my lovely wife, well. as I mentioned, runs um, Mankley College, which is another state school, 1,000 kids. So we really are passionate about state education. You know, it. yeah. it's the best by far. Um, yeah. I can't say that enough. Why, why is it the best by far? Because um, in so many ways, I believe we've got the best teachers. Mm. Uh, but I think we, we actually support the environment that is real. So it's not, um, you know, it's not where an environment where, for whatever reason, some people can't um, attend, you know, whether it's financial or whatever. This is an environment that actually um, best replicates the community. And we believe that is so important to... Um, being a place that you gain the skills, the resilience and everything else mm-hmm. and be able to work successfully in that because when you leave, that's the environment you're going to be in. And mm. yeah. 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 yeah, that'll like surprise that. a lot of people, but it's good yeah. to hear that yeah. too. So open a few eyes. Um, who's the most famous person you've met? Goodness me, I've met a few. Um, I've probably one of my most, um, Kevin Sheedy, I've actually had oh, speak yeah. at um, awards nights a few times. Oh. And because I've been, a, I still am a bomber supporter. So and he he's a fascinating man. Um, 
you know, because he introduced some amazing things into the football, the AFL and VFL arena. So, and a very, very um, different thinker, you know. So I find him fascinating. I mean, as far as um, when we talk about special people, uh, Mandela is just like, you know, what he he did and the, the complexity of his life, spending so much time in in the prison system yeah. and those sort of things. And we're still able to come out and actually change um, the uh, complete country and the way they operated. I mean, th- that's hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he'd be your all-time hero, so to speak, is he? Yeah, look, I mean, I think he's pretty fascinating. But, of course, then, I mean, you want to talk about someone like Ash Barty. I mean, yeah. wow, what a role model. Mm. I mean, I, I see you speak, I hear, and my chest puffs out because I go, you know, isn't she just awesome? You know, she is, you know, modest, she considerate, everything that I would hope that we can yep. actually develop in our kids. Absolutely. We don't have to carry on like a Kyrgios or Tomic or anything like that and throw the racket and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Well, I think it's about us looking how we can actually support them to develop the right habits. Well, you know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> true. Uh, do you have any hidden talents, Scott? Uh, the, look, I write, as I said, I'm, I, uh, I surf, I'm an intermediate surfer, so I enjoy that, um, because I grew up in the desert, so it wasn't something I grew up with, yeah. uh, the, but really, um, I'm a reasonable mechanic, so that, and that's probably from my father who was right into cars, yeah. um, and those sort of things. So a lot of those, um, basic skill sets when I'm home, uh, I'm well and truly out of a suit. And uh, into a pair of uh, shorts and a ACDC um, t-shirt, or um, I think I've got one of as well called the Who. Um, oh, yeah. A few people might know. Yeah. So I was into heavy metal like um, Led Zeppelin and various oh, things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking my kind of language. Absolutely, here, yeah. yeah. But uh, so it's um, yeah, it's I've been really lucky to have a lot of wide, wide-ranging experiences that have sort of developed who I am. Yeah, so it leads into the next question. You've probably already answered it. Yeah, so your favourite singer or group, which I assume ACDC? Oh, no, look, yeah, look, really strong. But, um, you know, some of the some of the groups I've been to see, I, one of my good friends at one stage took me in the early stages to see Kiss and I've gone, I can't believe, and I loved it. It was at VFL Park, which was oh, now yeah. the Hawthorne base. Uh, and they were sensational. Came in by helicopter, which with those days was not even thought about. That would have been you know? their prime in the seven, late seventies. Absolutely, and they yeah. were out of control. So <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah. But we went to Torquay to a festival with my twin brother, wife, and his wife just the other day in Torquay, and saw the um, the Living End, oh, yeah. Wolf Mother, yeah. um, uh, some of the old groups. You know, the, the Hoodoo Gurus. Oh, yeah. And those are things. So it was pretty. It was great to see them and um, back back on deck and operating as well. So baby animals were there. So oh, yeah. I was there, um, sitting going, yeah. ah, back to the good old days. Yeah, baby animals. Gee, they had five or six songs that really rocked, didn't they? They did. Um, now, uh, you got any movie, TV, or series recommendations? Uh, look, do you have time to watch anything? By the way, no, no, no. I do. I um, I various points just sit down and watch a. Quick um, movie and that sort of thing. Really enjoy enjoy movies. Um, the I've watched the Top Gun, the latest one. Oh, it's that's, a ripper, isn't that's, it? 
bit of a ripper. Um, and especially you, but wanting to be a fighter pilot yep. as a kid. So this is childhood wonderment for you, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Um, I'm very much into the Marvel stuff too. So, you know, the uh, obviously the Avengers and that sort of thing. And I was a big um, plus for Iron Man. I mean, Tony Stark, how cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so there's... But look, there's um, as far as movies go, uh, a bit of everything. Uh, I love Christmas, so always very prone to a Christmas movie as, yes. movie as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, so lastly, so what are you most looking forward to in your life right now? Uh, look, the I think just continuing to enjoy um, what I'm doing. Um, certainly, a few, I've mentioned to a few people, probably my next project um, when I finish what I'm doing in education and work and that thing uh, would be to potentially get my helicopter license. Right. So um, I'm not sure where that will eventuate, but that's one of the things on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd certainly um, at some point like to jump out of a plane. So uh, I'm not sure how I'll go with that, but uh, <laughs> my daughter and I have had various conversations around it. And I don't think my lovely wife is going to form the, the third person. Uh, she's not keen at all, but uh, yeah. So there's a few things that I'm thinking that uh, I'd like to do, and certainly, um, you know, I've I've had some great times. Um, I dive and snorkel as well, so scuba diving. So I worked on the Whit Sundays at one stage for eight months, which was pretty fascinating and another great part of my my journey. Okay, now Scott, uh, that's all we've got for you. But is it, unless there's anything else you'd like to announce, confess, or give some sort of revelation, uh, anything else? we haven't touched on that's important no just like to say um it's great to be here and part of the manor lakes p12 community um i'm looking forward to seeing what we can do to to develop our kids into the most amazing um global citizens because certainly that's where things now sit and uh yeah look every day's a, a a new day of opportunity so hopefully i can be a huge part of that uh, in the in the next um, bit of the year. Yeah, well, you've made a great start and we appreciate your time. That was terrific. We learned a lot. Um, Roops, you want to finish off? Yeah, yeah so thanks, Mr. Della. Um, yeah, we learned a lot of great things about you and about your vision for the school. So, and to our listeners, you'll be hearing from us. Bye. Bye. Mannerisms, the Manor Lakes Peter 12 College podcast, is entirely recorded and produced on site here at the college. If you think there's someone we should interview, please email your nominations along with a brief explanation to our email address podcast at manorlakesp12.vic.edu.au or just come over for a chat when you see us around the school. We must thank some wonderful teachers for their time and expertise to this project. Aidan Arendez and his team for their technical production skills to bring this podcast to the airwaves. Quite a time-consuming task indeed. And to Michael Polk for sourcing our hip theme music and designing our stylish cover art. Thanks, gentlemen. And last but not least, thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in. Until next time.